At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the look ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Greg Oops Pearson holding it down for Scott Seidenberg tonight. Very pleased to be with you guys as we've got an absolutely tremendous and locked and loaded show as coming up in 30 minutes. I will not be alone on the desk as Joe Fan. He does a great job with the Bet to Win podcast. He is going to be joining me. We're going to do a couple of segments with him, a man that has a lot of Seattle running through his veins. So we're going to be talking about the Mariners. We've got some time. We'll take a look moving forward at the Seattle Seahawks for this upcoming season as well as he's a man that is doing a good job getting prepped for the upcoming football seasons, both the college and the NFL campaign. So that is going to be fun in our number one. Our number two, we're going to be joined by Charlie Destruco. He does a great job over there at the Action Network. And then we've also got Matt Landis coming aboard. We're going to be talking a little baseball. We're going to be talking with Matt a little bit more about the upcoming NFL season, where he's looking in terms of the futures market. And then in our number three, Brad Thomas. He does a great job over there at NBC Sportsbook. He does a tremendous job of being able to cover a wide variety of things, including a little bit of golf. I know that he winds up diving into wide variety of markets. We're going to have a great chat there as we're going to be covering all the bases tonight. Take a look at some college football. Take a look at some NFL. Take a look at some baseball. And if things wind up taking us other other places as well, that'll be just fine with me. But how about if we wind up starting with America's pastime as we wind up seeing a little bit of a deal go down after we wind up seeing the games conclude for Wednesday as for those of you guys who are handicapping, very nice to have a nice early slate on Wednesday as well. Be able to turn it forward to Thursday and then be able to get prepped for the upcoming weekend as all these games wound up actually having a first pitch time of 4.15 p.m. Pacific slash 7.15 p.m. Eastern or earlier. But that's it. We did wind up seeing after the Yankees versus Mets game, which the Mets, they wind up being able to get it done by kind of 3-2 to, to be able to take the Subway series. We did wind up seeing the Yankees wind up acquiring Andrew Benintendi, one of the bigger names out there on the trade block. And next seven days going to be filled with a whole lot of deals out there in the MLB, this is certainly one of the first of them. And hey, ironically enough, the Mets may want to making one of the first deals of this period as well as Daniel Vogelbeck, someone who was playing for the Pittsburgh Pirates a little bit earlier this season. He wanted coming over there, but this makes all the sense in the world for the New York Yankees because the one concern that you really have with the New York Yankees, actually, you know what, we'll make it two concerns. For one, their bullpen arms are going down like flies right now, which that's just never great. And a lot of teams, they wind up dealing with this, unfortunately. Typically, when it comes to a baseball season, a lot of it isn't just the actual play on the field. It 
winds up going a little bit deeper in that you wind up having just all these injuries that they wind up accumulating for these squads. And the Yankees are certainly experiencing that in terms of their bullpen as Chad Green is out for the year due to injury. Michael King, if he does wind up returning this season, it's going to be very, very late in the season. Aroldis Chapman has already dealt with his injuries and we're going to call it what it is. Aroldis Chapman, not what he was a few years ago, but that said, the big concern that I had with the Yankees is that you've got all these guys with this power, Anthony Rizzo, John Carlos saying, no question, Aaron Judge. And Aaron Judge does a great job of being able to get on base. But a lot of these guys, the batting average isn't necessarily there with them. It is one of those ordeals where in the September, October months, if you wind up getting into very early November as well, ball doesn't wind up flying quite the same way that it does right now. Now, here in lovely Las Vegas, we actually wound up getting some rain this evening. But and you wind up having a lot of 85-plus degree temperatures all across the country. We certainly have been experiencing some heat in recent weeks, and that's very, very beneficial to these hitters. As a result, you wind up having these big home run numbers from these Yankees hitters, but some of these balls that they're going to be flying out during the month of July, during the month of August, they're probably not going to be going quite as far in September and October. So being able to get in a guy in Andrew Benatendi who's hitting above a 300 for a, we're going to call it what it is, bad Kansas City Royals team, and he's shown, shown a little bit of power throughout his career. Certainly, that has not been the case from this season, but he's just been trying to move the line for the Kansas City Royals and has been playing a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark out there in Kansas City as well. Not necessarily a demonstrative pitcher-friendly ballpark, but one that I would say it ranks a little bit higher than other ballparks in my opinion, but I do think that this is a big cog for the New York Yankees and it's really going to be fascinating to see what winds up happening with these teams just throughout the next seven or so days in terms of the trade deadline because we know that there's a lot of teams in the American League that are going to be trying to catch the Astros and the Yankees. And I feel like despite what we've seen the last few days with the Yankees losing a pair to the New York Mets and the Houston Astros taking a very uncharacteristic sweep on the road against the Oakland A's that these are the two teams to beat in the American League. And I would say that the difference between the Astros and the Yankees in the American League is actually bigger than that than the LA Dodgers and everyone else out there in the National League. And I hate to say it, but thoughts and prayers to anyone that wound up having the over in the Dodgers versus the Washington Nationals game. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. That was a bad beat if you wound up having that over. Patrick Corbin comes in and he does what Patrick Corbin does. He was a human pinata in the game. He gives up six runs in the first inning and the game somehow, someway winds up saying under the turtle with the Washington Nationals providing seven and a third innings and giving up one run along the way. That is one in which you probably should have gotten the over. I was someone that was on the over, so I can share in your misery on that one. I was not too happy watching those scoreless settings go up one after the other, but certainly one of the unfortunate things about being able to bet on baseball is that you wind up having the scoring come in bunches, and then it winds up going dry for quite a while. So that was not necessarily too terrific, but that said, I do think that the differential between the top two teams in the American League is actually bigger than that than the LA Dodgers and everyone else in the National League because we just saw the New York Mets be able to take a pair from the New York Yankees. Granted, certainly not the aces being out in those games for the New York Yankees. You wind up having Domingo Herman wind up getting the start on Wednesday, but certainly a good sign for that New York Mets team, a team that has been, shall we say, not as dominant here in the last few weeks prior to the series as they had been towards the beginning part of the season. Good to see them get back into form and You've obviously got the Atlanta Braves, a team that has been winning over 66% of their games since the beginning of the month of June and legitimately the hottest team in Major League Baseball. 
Austin Riley in the month of July is hitting north of a 380 with a double-digit amount of homers. So they certainly have been able to fire on all cylinders. And don't count out this team because I say it every year with this team, and I think it's just so tried and true. The St. Louis Cardinals go on the road without their top two hitters in Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, and they get the job done against the Toronto Blue Jays, 6-1 to being able to get to a guy in Kevin Gosman that the advanced analytics and things like fielding independent, if you do a deep dive on Kevin Gosman, he's been one of the best pitchers out there in the big leagues, but guy that when you watch him is actual numbers in terms of like the raw ERA and everything like that, they do seem to line up in my opinion, but for the Cardinals, they get it done 6-1, to one, and you don't want to count this team out because we wound up seeing it on display last season, and we've seen it so many times. As soon as we leave the St. Louis Cardinals for dead, they wind up just popping right back up. This is an organization that knows what the heck they are doing. I compare them to the villain that you wind up seeing in your good old classic slasher movies like Freddy Krueger and things like that where you think that you have killed the guy that is the villain in the movie. You think that he's been dead as a matter of fact, not just once, but probably about five or six times. And after you think that you've killed the villain about six times, guess what? That villain, not only is he alive, but that villain is gaining ground on you as you are sprinting away from them while the villain is merely walking. That is the St. Louis Cardinals in a nutshell. This team just always finds a way to be able to reload. They've done a great job with their farm system. Nolan Gorman, one of their young prospects, he winds up hitting a home run in this game against the Toronto Blue Jays. No Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, no problem because Albert Pujols is about 567 years old at this point. He winds up going yard in this game. Just everything that the St. Louis Cardinals touch winds up turning to gold. And I think that that's something that is so important to take a look at in terms of the futures market right now because we're going to see a lot of teams wind up making deals within the next few days. And there are just some teams that they always seem to strike gold on all of their deals. Like the Tampa Bay Rays, for instance. The next time the Tampa Bay Rays winds up losing a trade, it's probably going to be the first time. Even that trade that they wound up making where they shipped Nolan Arenado, or where they wound up shipping Willie Adamas, I should say, off to the Milwaukee Brewers. They got back J.P. Fireisen and Drew Rasmussen. Rasmussen has turned into a relatively solid starter for them, and then J.P. Fireisen went healthy, wound up not allowing a single earned run out of the bullpen this season. So that has been very good for them. Obviously, the Brewers wound up getting a good power bat themselves. I think that that's a deal in which we could call both of those teams winners, but they wound up picking up Nelson Cruz at the deadline last season. That wound up turning out to be relatively solid for them. Whenever they dump someone and you wonder, oh, why did they wind up trading away Blake Snell? Uh, yeah, the wow he's doing with the San Diego Padres, that's exactly why they wound up trading away Blake Snell. And let's not forget the fact that he pretty much put the Pittsburgh Pirates organization back at minimum five years by trading away Chris Archer. And just to pour some salt into the wound, they wind up signing Chris Archer back like two years after the deal. So they're a team that they know what the heck they're doing. And I think that that's very important because you're going to be seeing a lot of rumors of trades that are going to be happening. We're hearing about perhaps Juan Soto being out there on the trade market. You've obviously got some of the aces like a Luis Castillo out there as well. And we did wind up seeing some of the guys that are on the trade block right now that are being the subject of rumors perform relatively well. Luis Castillo, I just mentioned, got the job done for the Cincinnati Reds, 5-3. to three. They wind up taking on the Miami Marlins. If you wind up taking the 8.5 under, he was able to cash for you. Money line slash run line of the Cincinnati Reds was able to do that. And then the guy that I think could really be an impact guy, and I'm just very certain that he's going to get dealt at some point, 
that'd be Cole Irvin. He winds up pretty much finishing the season if this was his last start in Oakland with a sub-2 ERA giving up one home run in north of 60 innings in the ballpark of Oakland. The A's, they finish off that sweep of the Houston Astros by a count of 4-2. to two. And as they always like to say, if you can't beat them, join them. So perhaps that could be something that we wind up taking a look at moving forward. So we've got a lot happening in terms of Major League Baseball right now. It's going to cause this futures market to go a little bit haywire. But while we've got a lot of futures to be able to take a look at, we've got some great individual games that are going to be going down on the baseball card for Thursday as well. So we're going to start to dive into those as a little bit of a smaller slate. We aren't going to have any interleague games for Thursday, but certainly some games that are going to be impactful. And we're going to start diving into these next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Guys, great. And it's only down on the look at tonight. VSIN, these sports bet. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The network. Welcome back. This segment of The Look At is brought to you by Zinnick Theme Pouches. The simpler way to enjoy the experience of nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that has helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering a smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you, but there have been many times in my life where I knew I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't quite ready yet. I'm sure that there's a lot of smokers and dippers out there that can relate, and there isn't just one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline's a little bit different. Everyone's on their own journey, so whenever you feel like you're ready to make that first step forward towards change, Zinn will be there for you with the right strength, the right flavor, and at the right time. If you're thinking about making a change and want to learn a little bit more information today, check out Zinn Nicotine Pouches at Zinn.com. That is ZYN.com. And warning, this is a product that contains nicotine. Nicotine, it is an addictive chemical. We're back here on The Lookout with myself, Greg Peterson. And coming up in 15 minutes, we're going to be talking with Joe Fan. He is going to be joining me on the desk. We're going to be taking a look at a little bit of baseball. Got to bring up the Seattle Mariners. They're going to be an interesting team at the trade deadline because, well, if you're a fan of the Seattle Mariners, I certainly do salute you. The last time they have been to the postseason, Ichiro Suzuki's rookie year, I was eight years old, so... It's been a while in which the Seattle Mariners have been to the playoffs. Hopefully that winds up changing for both Joe's sake and uh, the sake of a good organization and a good bunch of fans. So we are going to be talking about their prospects moving forward and 
Also going to be taking a look at their game upcoming with the Houston Astros as well during that time period. So that's it said, I am taking a look at some of these National League games that we're going to be getting on this Thursday. We're going to be starting out with a late game. This is 9.07, 9.08 on the board. Chicago Cubs, they're in the road to face off against the San Francisco Giants. Alex Wood is going to be going for the Giants, and Justin Steele hopes to be as strong as Steele for the Cubs. And the Cubs are anywhere between a plus 110 to a plus 124 underdog between minus 130 and minus 140 is your price on San Francisco, and you're seeing a total of eight, and I want to make this more around a minus 165-ish line on the Giants, officially a minus 167, but when it comes to Justin Seal, you've been noticing that he has been the most favorably priced of all the Chicago Cubs starters, maybe aside from Keegan Thompson, but I don't necessarily understand the love for Justin Seal, especially in this spot, because he's given up and around a 5.23 ERA. Now, his strikeouts per nine rate is relatively solid. He's been able to get a little bit more than nine strikeouts per nine innings. Has done a good job of being able to hold down the fort in terms of not giving up the deep balls. He's giving up a little bit over a half home run per nine innings. So he's been able to do a nice job in those aspects. But the big thing for Justin Steele is that he has been giving up quite a few walks. His walks per nine rate hovers in the neighborhood of right around four. There is a little bit of good news for him as well in the back half because the bullpen of the Chicago Cubs, uncharacteristically, has been able to rise up. It's been a very uneven season for the Chicago Cubs bullpen. Overall, they're in the bottom 10 in terms of bullpen ERA. But with that said, over the last 35 days, they do rank in the top eight in terms of bullpen ERA. They wound up starting out the first month of the year. Absolutely tremendous out there in the bullpen. They went straight down the toilet bowl in May into, I would say, mid to late June. And ever since mid to late June, they've been able to pick it up once again. So it's been intriguing to take a look at that. but. For the Cubs, Rowanwick, been a little bit of a disaster, but past that, Scott Efres, you're able to throw in there, Michael Givens, these guys have been relatively solid for the team. And then you do take a look at the flip side for the San Francisco Giants, and what has really been costly for them this season is the fact that the bullpen has went down the tubes. I think a big thing with this San Francisco Giants team moves, now two games below 500 after they wound up losing to the Arizona Diamondbacks Wednesday night. It's the case in which I think that they're just missing Buster Posey and more so than just, or just as bad, really with the pitching as well, because we have noticed that this is a San Francisco Giants team that even though pretty much all the bullpen pieces are the same, it just went downhill for them. They're in now the bottom eight of the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA over the last, we're going to call it 40 days. We are dating back ever since June 17th, so a little bit over 40 days. They've got the fifth worst bullpen ERA in the big leagues. It has been really sad. Don't just see mine going downhill quite like this. They've got a 505 ERA in the time span. And for the San Francisco Giants, feels like it's been a little bit smoke and mirrors with the way that they've been able to generate offense because they're actually in the top six in the big leagues in terms of runs per game with right around 4.7. But they have one guy that currently has more than 14 home runs. That'd be Jack Peterson. And he's been a little bit banged up. You do have... Something like a Wilmer Flores who's been able to do a good job of being able to move the line, but guys like Brandon Belt, whenever he's been out there, Brandon Crawford, because both of these guys have been a little bit banged up this year. Tommy Lucellas right now dealing with injury once again. Mikey Strzemski. I mean, all these guys, they're going to get 240 or lower. It's been a little bit of an issue there. And for the Chicago Cubs, what I will say about them is that you do have a couple guys like Alfonso Rivas and company at the bottom of the lineup that are not necessarily so great. They have a lineup that has been... Not necessarily involving a lot of power, but they do have guys that are able to get on base. Some like an Ian Happ has north of a 360 on base. Same for Wilson Contreras and Contreras to be able to go deep 14 times. 
Patrick Roysom is very interesting in my opinion because he does have 17 home runs, sitting in the neighborhood about a 225 to a 230, and he is on pace to strike out well over 200 times this season. So you've got your ups and your downs there. But with Alex Wood, I do think that there's going to be a little bit of positive progression that is going to be happening for him as well. And that's been shown off in his last few starts. He's given up combined three earned runs over the course of his last four starts. He has given up an unearned run or two. He's been hurt a little bit by his defense. And for the Giants, has been a little bit of a defense as and a little bit of a fall off as well. But with Alex Wood, I'm willing to trust in him in this spot because he's been getting a little bit over nine strikeouts per nine innings. He has really the best walk rate of his career. 2.2 walks per nine innings. He's keeping balls in the yard, giving up right around one home run per nine innings. And you take a look at it, he's got a 421 ERA and a 332 fielding independent, indicating that he has been indeed a little bit unlucky this season. I do think that we're going to see the breaks wind up going in the way of Alex Wood a little bit more. And this is a spot with the total. I did wind up setting it at an 8.2. The Giants have been able to do a good job really the last two years, despite the fact that the reputation of San Francisco is that it's relatively pitcher-friendly of being able to crank out some runs. So I'm going to be taking a look at this total over. And when it comes to the Giants, I was willing to like closer to a minus 165 here. So I'm going to be taking a look at the San Francisco Giants to be able to get back online, despite the fact that the Cubs, they have been able to ride a nice win streak. 5-0 ever since the All-Star break and 6-0 Overall, dating back to really the last day prior to the All-Star break as well. And then we've got Phillies versus Pirates also out there in the National League. This is 903, 904 on the board. The Phillies are going to be trotting out their Zach Wheeler and another Zach, Zach Thompson. He's going to be going for the Pirates and the Pirates. They're finding themselves as a sizable underdog in this spot. Anywhere between plus 170 and plus 175. We're finding the Phillies more around about a minus 185, seeing as high as a minus 190 as well with a total of 7.5, and with the Pirates, need at least a plus 175-ish to be able to take a shot here. This has actually went down a little bit. We wound up seeing this open up more around about a plus 180, plus 185 in a lot of books, so I do think that there's a little bit of value here on the Pittsburgh Pirates, and if you're taking a look at a Philadelphia Phillies run line, finding it anywhere between about a minus 115 to a minus 120. My absolute max here would be right around a minus 115, but I would rather take right around like a plus 175 money line of the Pirates rather than the run line of the Phillies as it just feels like the offense really is stuck in mud right now. You saw Reese Hoskins have a very good month of July early on and late June as well. He has been regressing a little bit. Kyle Schwarber does have 30 plus home runs this season, but he's also hitting for in the neighborhood about a 210. His on-base percentage has been relatively okay, but he need guys towards the bottom of the fold to be able to pick it up. It's been a bad year for for Nick Cassianos. He's got a war that is right around like negative one. It has been very bad for him thus far this season. You need to have D.D. Gregorius getting on base a little bit more consistently. He's hitting right in the neighborhood about a 230. So that has been an issue for this bunch as well. They've had to try to mix and match without Gene Segura for much of the campaign as well. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, this is certainly not a world-beating offense by any stretch of the imagination. But you've got guys who are able to get on base for you as you've got Brian Reynolds back at the fold. He, Cabrian A's. You're able to throw in there someone like a Michael Chavis. These guys are in between about a 240 to a 255. Cabrian A's be able to do a solid job of being reach base as well. And it's a bullpen in which you do have guys that have been really getting unlucky recently. If you take a look at the last 40 days in terms of bullpen ERA, the Pittsburgh Pirates are dead last in the league in terms of bullpen ERA. But if you take a look at their XFIP, they're right around a 434, which that's a full 1.3 points lower than their actual ERA. 
Now, it's not like they should be like a top five bullpen in the science fan or anything like that, but they aren't the worst XFIT bullpen in the science fan. So I do think that there's going to be a little bit of a, shall we say, bounce back with them. David Bernard has been able to do a solid job. Tyler Beatty is able to give you multiple innings. He's been posting up a sub four ERA. Even Yuri De Los Santos has been able to do a solid job as well. So I do think that this is a Pirates team that is going to be able to do a relatively solid job in that aspect. And then Zach Thompson, he's been able to do a Good job of being able to just limit some of the harder contact in general. Wound up giving up a couple home runs while he was on the road against the Atlanta Braves about a month or so ago, but has been able to hold down the Ford and for Zach Wheeler. Right around a 165 ERA at home, a 450 road ERA. That is certainly something to take note of, which is why I do like this 7.5 total over and with the Pirates. Plus 175 or greater, I'd be willing to nibble there. And something that I'm always willing to take is a great guest spot and Joe Fan. He certainly provides those. He does a great job over there at the Bet to Win podcast. And he's going to be joining me on the desk next right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers as you cover. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts that are designed to tackle sports betting from a local perspective. We've got CityCasts for Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever your podcast says. We're back here on the look at and I am no longer alone on the desk. Joe Fan does a great job with the Bet to Win podcast and does a great job breaking down just a wide variety of different markets. We're going to talk a little MLB and a little NFL with him. He is joining me up here. And Joe, first things first, how's it going, my man? It was a little bit rainy, apparently, when you wound up driving in. Not used to driving <laughs> in Vegas in the rain. I thought I left that behind in Seattle. But uh, let me tell you, it's good to be here uh, and lots to discuss with the second half of the baseball season starting. Yes, sir. And you mentioned it. You're a man from Seattle, so you are very used to driving into the rain. I'm from Wisconsin. I'm used to driving in snow, so... Pretty comparable there, but with that said, the Seattle Mariners, obviously, they caught a bunch of fire going into the All-Star break, and you know what? A little bit of a tough series against the Houston Astros. That's going to happen. They were able to get on back on track against the Texas Rangers. Right now, if the season were to end, they would be a team that would be in the postseason, but what are you taking a look at the next few days with the Seattle Mariners? Because I do feel like this is a team that they've got to be buyers at the market because they haven't made the postseason in over 20 seasons, but... What do you think would be biggest for them in terms of them being able to perhaps make this playoff run? Yeah, they've got a playoff drought that is about to be able to drink legally in terms of age. It's insane. That's how long it's been. It's been brutal, and I've been a fan and watching all of it. And so this is a special team, and you saw the 14-game winning streak, longest ever going into an all-star break. They stubbed their toe against the Astros, the buzzkill getting swept in that series. Just seconds before first pitch, Julio, Julio Rodriguez pulled from the lineup from that first game out of the All-Star break. They end up losing those three games that he misses. Then they go back and sweep the uh, the Texas Rangers, which is a huge bounce back for them. Who would have thought the Astros would get swept by the A's? And so in terms of what's happening in the AOS since the All-Star break, it's status quo with with each team winning three and losing three. Big couple series coming up. They've got the Astros for four this weekend and then go to New York for three. This is going to be seven games that really – I think shows the rest of the American League whether or not uh, they're truly capable of not just making the playoffs, but but being sort of a, a pain in the butt to get out of the playoffs. Yep, I agree with you. And I don't think that they need to, by any stretch of the imagination, like sweep this series or heck, 
even wind up taking like the majority of the games against the Astros. I think that if they're able to play even up, that's going to be big. But what I really think is going to be the biggest game of the series is being able to take game one that is going to be coming up on Thursday with Logan Gilbert going for the Mariners and then going to have Jose Urquidy on the mound for the Houston Astros. And you've seen the money right now coming in on the Seattle Mariners, I think very rightfully so. They wind up opening up right around a plus 135 Right now, DraftKings, I'm seeing them at a plus 120. Really, only one book in town is north of a plus 122. And Logan Gilbert has been incredible this season. He's actually been able to do his best work on the road. My outlook on this game is that it should be a little bit more of a pick em. I wound up taking the plus price already with Seattle personally. Not sure where you stand, but I think that this is a big one for Seattle. And I think that Seattle being a little bit mispriced on this game as well. It's a big one because there's just not many times you're going to face the Houston Astros and have an edge with the starting pitching. And that's what you have in this game with Logan Gilbert, who I think most people would say is better than Irkiti. The rest of the series, you're going up against, I haven't seen the rest of the rundown for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But I'm guessing it's um, Garcia, Verlander, um, and then Framber Valdez, two of those guys being all-stars. So the Astros have been the class of the American League West for some time now for good reason. They're obviously uh, the depth along the lineup, but it's the starting pitching that day in and day out is relentless. Guys getting into the seventh inning, um, to where they take so much pressure off the bullpen, where for the Mariners, it's, it's just you got to get to the end of that bullpen because the bullpen's been the best in baseball, and they've got uh, a dominant trio in Diego Castillo, Andres Munoz, and Paul Sewell. But even behind them, there have been a number of, number of reliable arms, whether it's Penn Murphy, Eric Swanson, and you can continue down the list. They just brought Matt Brash, top prospect, who they transitioned from a starter to a reliever. So the bullpen's there. You need timely hitting. Having Julio back should be big for this series, but... I look at the starting pitching and how they're able to hate a, uh, to hold up against the Astros lineup. And to your point, I've seen Matt Brash come out of the bullpen. He's got some electric stuff. That guy is going to be really good in a few years. But you mentioned it with the bullpen of the Seattle Mariners. It was actually really bad at the beginning of the season. First month of the season, they were one of the worst in baseball. And dating it back last 40 days, they've got a 202 ERA over the last 40 days in the span. No other team has better than a 254 bullpen ERA. What do you think has really just clicked for the team in general? Because you mentioned guys like Diego Casio, Andres Munoz. These guys had north of five ERAs first month and a half of the season. Ever since then, last 40 days or so, these guys have been dynamic. Yeah, Pete Woodworth's been unbelievable, their pitching coach. And you give him a ton of credit because it has been everybody. You know, Seawald wasn't his best at the beginning of the year. The transition hasn't been as big because Castillo at one point was unpitchable. I mean, he had an over nine ERA. And over the last 20, 25 outings, he's gotten that under four, which is huge. Munoz has been one of the most dominant relief pitchers in all of baseball, regularly touching 101, 102, even hit 103 with his fastball, and has really gotten command of that slider to where he's more than just a one-trick pony. He's able to locate everything as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a team that should make the playoffs. There's no reason. They're three games clear of not making the playoffs. And you look at the rest of their schedule, they don't see the Astros – from July 31st onward until potentially the postseason. You look at the AL East, you expect all of those teams to beat up on each other uh, for the remainder of the season, especially down the stretch. The last 20 games of the Mariners' season is against teams with a record below 500. So there's no reason for this team to miss the playoffs. It just depends. What do they do at the deadline? They have to be buyers, like you mentioned. You need another starting rotation to add depth, especially if they're going to limit the innings and, and innings, uh, innings and pitch count for George Kirby. Um, the last thing you want down the stretch of a playoff hunt is Tommy Malone starts every fifth day. So the Mariners owe their fan base to go get an arm and potentially another bat as well. Yeah, to your point, Tommy Malone, that would not be an ideal 
guy to try to be able to get you to the playoffs, but I'm so glad that you bring up that point with the AL East because, I mean, the AL East is just going to be so brutal moving forward. We've seen the Boston Red Sox go straight down the toilet bowl ever since the all-star break, so that's honestly been too terrific. But, I mean, even if the Seattle Mariners wind up having a little bit of a tough stretch, you've got so many teams out there in the East where you wind up having these matchups of, like, the Toronto Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays, the Rays and the Red Sox, the Rays and I, the Rays and other teams with just all these teams having to play against one another, even if the Seattle Mariners wind up losing a game and they wind up dropping a game against a team of which they probably should not. They still have that little bit of a safety net that when those two teams wind up playing against each other, someone has to lose. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know if there's anyone in the AL Central who, I mean, eventually the White Sox might figure it out, but I'm not banking on a Tony La Russa-led team to finish strong down the stretch. The Cleveland Indians have been the best team in that division. But even when you look at the AL Central, the between the Twins, uh, Guardians, um, and White Sox, those three teams are going to beat up on each other as well. And so the fact that the Mariners get to avoid uh, the Astros from August 1 onward is huge for them. And it, it is, it's a soft schedule. And again, it's all, it's all on the table for them. And if they weren't to be a playoff team this year, it'd be a pretty epic collapse, and even where they're at right now. I am so glad that you brought up the White Sox, though, too, because we've now seen nearly 100 games this season. And I don't know about you, but I don't understand why betting markets still have the White Sox pretty much on par with the Minnesota Twins to be able to win that division. Now, the start that Chris Archer wound up giving against the Milwaukee Brewers is just terrible. You walk six guys in three innings. He's unpitchable at this point. You've got, if you're the Minnesota Twins, you've got to pick up at least one starting piece, if not maybe even multiple. But I take a look at the Minnesota Twins, and they've got the offense to be able to make the postseason. To your point, the Cleveland Guardians, they need to pick up a batter or two, and we know how stingy they are with buying. I mean, it was a miracle that they wound up signing Jose Ramirez because we all thought that he was probably going to get dealt as well. But I take a look at the Cleveland, or I take a look at the Chicago White Sox, and I don't think that this is a team that should be priced the way that they are in the futures market because I think at this point of the season, you just sort of are what you are. And it's been shown time and time again that Tony LaRusso has no feel for his team. Yeah, well, especially when you look at Lucas Giolito, who hasn't pitched like. Lance Lynn, too. Boy, if, if you're looking for a fade, taking Lance Lynn over in every one of his starts, that has been very profitable for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, Giolito pitched today. He wasn't good. What, three innings, six earned, 2K. That was, that was his last start before uh, the All-Star he break He gave up today. three and six in this one. Not okay. as bad. But so he started so. bad. I think he gave up two or three in the first, but yep. obviously figured it out a bit. Uh, yeah, this White Sox team is a mess. To me, it's, they're the most disappointing team in all of baseball, unless you want to start throwing the Red Sox into that mix, given how bad they've been the last couple of weeks, which they have gone into a complete tailspin, especially with the Baltimore Orioles surging and now past them, where the Red Sox the last team in the American League East. Um, it's bad for a lot of teams. Uh, I think if you look at the hierarchy in the American League, there are the Astros and the Yankees. is a very clear Tier 1. And then Tier 2, you can probably throw in uh, the Blue Jays, the Rays, and and probably the Mariners, the back end of that. And there's no reason, especially with the third wild card, the Mariners shouldn't lay claim to one of those three. So, uh, again, if you're a Mariners fan, you're just expecting to get hurt at this point, given, again, that this is two decades of this. But the way the table is set for them, there is zero reason, especially when you consider Jerry DePoto having to be a buyer at the deadline for them to not be in the postseason when it's all said and done. And heck, when it's all said and done, the Minnesota Twins 
I think they've won as many postseason games as the Mariners over the last 20 years as well. So at the very least, there's a little bit of solace there. But coming in next, we're going to transition away from the MLB. We're going to talk some NFL right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Today. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN football betting guides are coming. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Soon, and there's no better way to prepare for both the college and pro football seasons because our experts provide profiles on every single team with advanced stats and power ratings. Plus, you're able to get best bets on season wins, division finishes, player awards, and much more. Reserve your copy of the Football Betting Guide today and get access to everything that we have to offer for the entire football season with a VSIN All Access subscription. Make this football season your best ever. Subscribe now at vsin.com slash subscribe as it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, and being joined at the desk by Joe Fan. He does an amazing job over there at WinBet. The Bet to Win podcast is one that you're able to catch Wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, list goes on and on. And Joe, last segment, we wound up talking a little bit of MLB. How about if we transition over to the NFL and a team that I haven't been talking about too much, but a team that is near and dear to your heart, that would be the Seattle Seahawks. Right now, we're seeing their win total at a five and a half. And many people have firmly entrenched them in dead last in the NFC West coming into the season. But what's your overall outlook on this team? No doubt. A lot of transition that's happening for them, but as we know, one of the main concepts that's there, that would be Pete Carroll, the coach. Yeah, there's not many teams that have a a clearer identity than the Seattle Seahawks. Now, is that one that will take them to the playoffs? Unlikely, especially without a quarterback not named Geno Smith or Drew Locke, but I do think there's enough there, especially on the defensive side of the football and with you know, the offensive skill players, the running game of Rashad Penny, but also Kenneth Walker, they drafted in the second round, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. They just got Noah Fant from the Broncos. There's enough there and enough cohesion in terms of the front office and the coaching staff to find ways to make games ugly and be competitive. What I think is interesting is you mentioned their win totals five and a half. Well, on win bet, it's juiced to the over significantly at minus 150, which is more juice than you're going to see on many of these win total bets, which tells you the betting market thinks that this Seahawks team is going to be better than what the book has put out there with their win total. And I think that makes sense. You don't have to love the Seahawks to think they can get to six wins. And again, I think maybe they don't get to six wins, but I do think the against the spread record will be very good. There's a reason why, um, you know, last I checked, Broncos 
who, you know, in terms of Super Bowl odds and Super Bowl expectations, far superior to that of the Seahawks. But they're only, what, four, four and a half point favorites on the road in week one in Seattle. I think the Seahawks are going to be a sneaky against the spread pick as underdogs week in and week out where you say, hey, they're getting points every time they're at home. Give them a shot. And so it's not going to be pretty, um, but they're going to run the football. They're going to try to control the clock, control field position, get enough stops, then go steal one in the last four minutes of a game. Um, They're not going to be a fun team to watch, but I do think there's a potential for them to be a profitable team to bet on. And you just mentioned it with the fact that the Seattle Mariners here, or the Seattle Seahawks, I should say, got to get into football mode here, that they're going to be running the football a lot. And Rashad Penny is very interesting as well. You brought up his name. He wound up having a really good last month or so of the season last year. And right now, we're seeing his over-under in terms of his rushing prop at 800.5 at DraftKings. And I do think that this is fascinating for the Seattle, for the Seattle Seahawks because with Rashad Penny... He wound up closing out the year really well, but you know as well as I, health has always been the concern for him. Do you think that he's going to be able to stay healthy this year and be able to duplicate what he wound up doing towards back half of last year? Yeah, talent's, of course, not the issue. There's a reason why he's a first-round pick, even though I would say it's an ill-advised pick because I don't think running backs, by and large, are worth first-round picks. But it does mean the talent's there. I don't think anyone argued that coming out of San Diego State. Do I think he's going to stay healthy? I think you'd be foolish to put money on it, which is why I think it'd be ill-advised to bet an over on the Rashad Penny rushing prop. Is he capable of getting there? Should he stay healthy? Certainly, because the opportunity is going to be there. And again, if they're able to play just enough defense to keep the game scripts in his favor to where they don't have to just abandon the running game altogether because they're down three scores in the first quarter, um, I think certainly he's going to have a shot. I think it's going to be a one and 1A between him and Kenneth Walker. But now with Chris Carson retiring, something I think everyone's been projecting for a while with that neck injury that was you know, real scary. And you, know, you feel bad for him um, having his career cut short. Uh, a guy I got to cover for several years uh, as a beat reporter for the Seahawks. Um, a good dude, and you always hate to see injuries cut a career short. But it has opened the door for um, you know Rashad Penny to take the lead in that running back stable. And I think... I hope he does. I'm just not betting it. I don't think it makes sense to bet over 800. And I think that's the, the issue with season-long props in general is you're better erring on the side of the under given what other players have to play well to make it work, certainly for a receiver standpoint, uh, quarterback health, all that. Um, it, it just doesn't make sense to me to make that bet. Yep, I do think that that is something that's always so important as well because, I mean, Rashad Penny could average 100 yards a game, but if he only plays in seven games, that's a little bit of an issue right there. And, but is it also an issue for the Seahawks is just they're in one of the toughest divisions in all of football. I know that people were hyping up the NFC West last season as one of the best divisions that we've ever really seen in the NFL. This year, I think that that moniker no doubt winds up going to the AFC West, ironically enough, because of the Russell Wilson trade with Derek Carr now probably being the worst quarterback in that division, which is very strange to say. But with the NFC West right now, we're seeing the Rams, the short shot at a plus 125, plus 150 on the 49ers. Cardinals wind up going to four to one and then 18 to one on the Seattle Seahawks. But I do take a look at this division and I don't think the 49ers should be quite as far up there because it seems as though they are now set on having Trey Lance be their starter. And 
I'm not sure about you, but I felt like Jimmy G would have honestly given them a better shot this year rather than Trey Lance. Now, I do think that maybe two, three years from now, this could be a net positive for the 49ers, but just looking at 2022 and 2022 alone, I would have rather had Jimmy G as as the starter of the 49ers rather than Trey Lance. Yeah, I guess I'll disagree with you there. I think we've seen the limitations of Jimmy Garoppolo for years and years, and there's too much stick for not enough carrot. He struggles to throw the deep ball consistently. He throws, you know, has too many turnovers, too many bonehead plays in big moments. You think about the back-breaking interception at the goal line against the Packers in the divisional round of that of the playoffs last year. Um, I think the Niners, there's a reason why they invested three first-round picks in Trey Lance, and you can't put that investment into a quarterback and continue to have him be the backup year after year. At some point, he has got to have the opportunity to get player to get playing time and. Yeah, I think it's going to be a bit rough around the edges out of the gate. And that's why I was a proponent from him playing from the jump as a rookie, because I think ultimately the ceiling would have been higher for that Niners team a year ago that um, that made it as far as they did to the NFC Championship game against the Rams, a game they should have won if Joukowsky Tart just catches that duck from Matthew Stafford at the end. Oh, how things change on that one play. And there are legacies and Super Bowls won and lost year after year that, that can come down to different plays like that. But... Um, yeah, I do think that the ceiling is higher with Trey Lance. There's a reason why they decided Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't going to be the long-term answer there. And so uh, why run it back with another year of that same headache when you've got a guy who this quarterback, Trey Lance, will define the tenure of Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch in San Francisco. And that's how it works. That's the price of playing poker. When you pay the three first-round picks for a quarterback, he better be the dude. And we're going to find out this year whether he's that guy. Now, I do agree with you that the ceiling, no question, is higher with Trey Lance. So that we're in agreement on. I would just rather see Jimmy G out there if I'm looking at a season win total just because you know what you're getting with him much more than Trey Lance. And the one thing that always cautions me with Trey Lance, too, is that he played one game in 2020, his final year at North Dakota State. And that one game, he didn't even necessarily look good against Central Arkansas. was able to see a couple snaps last season, but the guy just hasn't played a lot on the field in recent years, which is why I just feel like from a 2022 perspective, I would rather have Jimmy G out there like three, four years from now. Trey Lance could wind up being a all-world quarterback, but I feel like we've seen a lot of struggles for these guys in year number one, year number two, which is why I just think that it's going to be a little bit tough to be able to take a look at the 49ers to be able to win the division, be able to go over their season win prop of 10. So I do feel a little bit more shall we say, down on the 49ers rather than the betting market right now. Yeah, I get that. To me, the bet in that division is just to bet the Rams to win the division. And that's not to say that the Cardinals can't do it, although I'm not buying. I'm out on the Cardinals after being in on them to win the division last year and them failing so miserably down the stretch, losing four of their last six. I'm out on the Cardinals. I'm out on Kyler Murray. I'm out on Cliff Kingsbury, especially without DeAndre Hopkins for six games. But the Niners, while I do think their ceiling is good enough to win the division, they historically have played very, very well against the Rams in terms of Sean McVay uh, has, str- has trouble beating Kyle Shanahan. And the Niners have had the Rams number even when the Rams have been the better team. Case in point, last year uh, with the with this Niners beating them a couple of times and narrowly losing to them in the NFC Championship game, um, they're just a, more of a sure thing. And I don't know if the Rams got a lot better, but they're the reigning champs. And I think they at least held status quo in terms of what the roster makeup is. And I'm happy to bet on... Uh, Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford is the best coach quarterback combo in that division. Um, 
And if they lose to the Niners, Niners end up winning the division, you tip your cap and you move on and you, you know, go fight another day at the betting market and you find something else you like. But I do think the Rams are, are the safest bet in the division, and I've already put that ticket in. And a fully healthy Cam Akers. That's going to be able to help out the Rams as well, just like you helped out the show, Joe. Thank you so much for joining me on the desk the last two segments. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. Appreciate you having me. Always appreciate Joe Fan's time. And coming up next, we give you guys my DK Nation pick for baseball on Thursday right here on VEASAN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.